A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Ash Nalawala. Hello. What a lovely name to sing you have. Um, <laughs> thank you for being here today. We're going to be talking about why enterprises need a CWO, a chief web officer. Um, I've read the start of your third book, um, which talks about is SEO in product or is it in marketing? How do you prove the value? Uh, how the C-level suite of, of, of employees don't necessarily appreciate it and don't appreciate how complex it is and how it sits between those two. And that's going to be the topic of the conversation today. But we always start with the brand SERP. So I looked up Ash Nalawala and didn't come up with a knowledge panel. I was terribly disappointed because you're an author and you've published a book, so you should have one. Um, and that was slightly disappointing. And I also saw that your website is on nalawala.com. And so presumably you have a subdomain for each member of the family. I've got too many websites. That's part of the issue. And uh, Google finds me under my... A given name, which is Ashok, A-S-H-O-K, Nalawala. I get well, a little bit of a research, and, and I found you. Um, and, and there is that problem is that you use Ash and then you use Ashok, and that's confusing for, for Google in the sense that it's not sure um, that it's the same person, even though you've put in the top of the author bio on Amazon.com, Ashok, Ash, Nalawala. So from that perspective, is actually a problem that a surprising number of people have um, we we call ourselves one thing as an author, and then we call yeah. ourselves something else within our industry, and that becomes a problem because it's terribly ambiguous for Google, and I'm sure you know about that. And, and you've added to that the problem that you've got way too many websites. Well, the <clears throat> problems, the Australian government, uh, because when I registered a book 30-odd um, years ago, um, they require you to register with the National Library with your official name. Right. And so that had to be published. So I'm in Wikipedia and a few other places, um, not under my own name, but I've been referenced there with my full name. And Google places more importance to that. Mm. Um, and the only people who know my Ashok Nalawala name are my uh, bank my employer and the tax office, basically. I everyone else calls me Ash, and I call myself Ash. So, um, yeah, which which is interesting. I hadn't really thought of it from that perspective. I mean, we see here the books better radio TV reception. You're saying that was 30 years ago, and it was 1985, putting, and it was putting putting a, a a coat hanger on the top of your radio receptor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, what we that used to do. That was my fourth or fifth book at the time. So. Fifth book, so I'm at least they picked up that one only because it's an Amazon. Hmm. Um, so I, I now have to battle different identities, and uh, right. the, the question is, uh, the challenge is, how do I get <laughs> one of me um, to, to be dominate. shown with with a complete knowledge panel? Yeah, no, sure, hundred percent. And and you do, I mean the, the the sources that you're mentioning, Wikipedia, Wikidata, uh, the Australian National Library, Amazon are dominant knowledge sources for Google. So it does pay much more attention to those. So you do have a huge problem. Um, and you should join, if I may give you some advice, the Knowledge Panel Support Group on Facebook because that's I have the kind joined of thing it. we talk about. Oh right, okay, brilliant. I hadn't noticed. I do apologise. So we can discuss that in the group uh, before yes. we get going. 
a quick announcement. Join me every week on CaliCube Tuesdays. All of these amazing people talking to me about amazing topics that I know very little about and they know lots about. Uh, CaliCube Tuesdays is produced in partnership with WordLift, who are absolutely awesome, an artificial intelligence tool that you need to grow your traffic. And today I'm announcing the knowledge panel here. We did a knowledge panel for Jason Hennessy. It looks beautiful. Everything in yellow is his knowledge panel. That's the future of knowledge panels. And I'm looking forward to it. So we've created a knowledge panel checklist. It's free and it's 17 steps for you to trigger a knowledge panel and to manage your knowledge panel. And in truth, control your brand message on Google. Um, so if you want to find out more, I just mentioned it, join the CaliCube support group, search it on Google, CaliCube support groups. Join us to learn about knowledge panels and please do download your free copy of the 17-step checklist. So that's all the uh, spring cleaning or whatever it's called, housekeeping that's out of the way. Mm. We're now going to talk about why enterprises need a CWO. Now, what would you define a CWO as? Um, you can call it many things. Uh, cheap web and Google has made some comments that uh, they don't really like to talk about webmasters anymore because it's far too technical and today's webmaster is perhaps not a single person. Uh, it's a yeah. group of people that create the website, look after it. But Chief Web Officer is a nice uh, C title. Um, I can think of others like Chief Web Success Officer, which is perhaps the most accurate way of describing what that person does. Um, I would like to see such a role created. Uh, call it whatever fits within the corporate structure. A smaller company may not have such a title, but the, the key point is that the accountability for the website is much higher than I've seen it in many companies. I worked in medium to large companies most of my mm -hmm. life, uh, mostly listed companies, uh, including NASDAQ listed and Australian stock exchange listed. The SEO wow. is far away from the C-suite. Often he, he or she can't even name people in the C-suite, it's that distant. Yeah, um, and you were saying that the C-suite often just kind of like check a box and think, right, okay, we've checked the SEO box, we've got an agency on board, put that to one side, that's the budget spent, and the 4,000 euros or whatever it is we're spending a month, that's going to solve all, our, all of our web problems. Yeah, and <clears throat> I can um, talk about similar situations for any other um, employment category in the company. So could be a mechanical engineer employed by a big engineering company, or it could be your accountant or your tax specialist or HR person. Mm. The key difference is that all those other occupations have got well-defined educational and experience uh, requirements. Uh, you could pick up a book um, or go to a website and see who can be a chartered accountant, uh, as you do in the UK and we have in Australia, or CPA, and we have them in Australia too, in America. They're well-defined. Mm. The issue is that an SEO uh, does not have a formal qualification, despite the efforts of a few um 
universities to try and create. I'm not sure if there's a bachelor of SEO out there, but hmm. they've created a kind of university level qualification, but it's not widespread. And almost all SEOs that I've met are accidental SEOs. Uh, yeah. I didn't go, I went, I went to uni trying to become an accountant. And I went into marketing and marketing became search marketing. And so there I am. I'm an accidental SEO. Yeah, going through uh, TV and radio reception on the way, apparently. Um, As a hobby. What, yeah, I'm a ham radio oh, operator. You, you can see a little <laughs> a little handheld in the background there. Oh, right. Okay. It's not your baby caller. So <laughs> let's take a step back. I mean, before Chief Web Officer, we're, we're looking at SEO today, and it's halfway between or sitting between marketing and product. And you were saying that it's either in one or the other, and it doesn't seem to be standardized. And you're saying not only should it be standardized, but it should be set, set apart on its own. And when you're talking about Chief Web Officer, do you mean the entire website, or do you just mean the SEO marketing side of it? I mean the entire website, because... Yeah. One of the lines of thinking that I've started thinking about, and I hopefully will be writing it in my third book, which could be next year, um, is I've identified the real problem. And I, it was an epiphany on my flight to America or to Canada last year. Oh, sorry, two months ago. I'm just losing track with COVID travel mm -hmm. and all that. I realized that you could have the best SEO team and the best expert working for you, but the C-suite can let them down by a lack of web governance. Hmm. And I've identified web governance as many things that come together in a unique manner. Um, if you um, Google corporate governance, you'll see lots of words, but none of them are likely to mention the website. Mm -hmm. You'll have corporate governance about risk-taking and law and um, corporate um, citizenship and all kinds of good things. But at the moment, I've not found any corporate governance talking about the website. The fundamental problem is that the website for an online business or a business with a substantial online presence, which could be a bank or it could be a retail company that sells online, a lot of the revenue comes through SEO, the organic mm -hmm. search. I've been in companies where 60% um, was coming in through organic search and I've been in some other companies where the ratio was different, which was like 30%. And the reason for the difference is how much PPC, which is also known as SEM by, in, by some people, pay-per-click advertising gets millions of dollars of yeah. budget. Yet, they might give you, say, 40% of your online customers. SEO is bringing in 30. But SEO is lucky if they get a budget of a million dollars, whereas PPC, you can throw 50 million, you could throw 20 million. At any rate, it's a lot more than the $1 million that the SEO team might get if it's lucky. Yeah, and isn't the problem with that the fact that 
kind of the, the C-level suite will say, right, I've put 50 million on the table. I've got this much back. And as long as they're doing that, they don't invest in the SEO. So the SEO never picks up. So the SEO can never pick up the the, bat, the baton from the SEA, which would be the idea. I mean, I would have thought SEA, do some Google advertising, get yourself some business, build your SEO, and it will eventually replace the SEA. Yeah, I, um, I've been That's an experiment. Obviously, obviously, it's just theory. Yeah, it. Um, you need both. Uh, I've done ex- um, practical tests in a couple of companies, and you cannot lose your advertising, right. even for your brand terms, because the ads are above the fold these days, and you've got to scroll quite a lot to see your number one organic result. So you can't rely on that. Someone else will get that click if the customer can't be bothered scrolling, they see something and they click an ad in. So you need to advertise. But so you, you recommend, so just we'll come back to that, but do you recommend having Google Ads on your brand name for every brand or just for large brands? I work largely in um, major brands, household right. names. So uh, I'm saying even if it's a household name, um, Spend some money on brand ads. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that, that, was, that was just my question. Because I mean, some smaller companies would be saying, well, I don't need to. And the answer is, I think, you probably don't. Um, you only need to defend that territory if you're likely to be attacked by your... Correct. Your competitors can use your keyword. Um, yeah. Sorry, your brand name as their keyword. They cannot mention your brand name in the ad, but they can certainly use it as a keyword, which is why you see other people's ads if you're searching for a brand name company. So getting back to the C-suite, the difference was you don't know what one SEO from the next, simply because they say that they've had SEO experience in a large company should not be the only criteria. In in my first book, which I've released a few months ago, I talk about how to recruit good SEOs and how to identify a good agency from a not so good agency. And it's all about how much care do you take in um, selecting a good SEO? And then that extends to other SEO positions in a large company. So the SEO manager needs to be selected properly. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you have this accountable person that I want to put in the C-suite. And they may not be an SEO. They yeah. just need to be a good business person because I'm talking about a wider range of responsibilities. And quite often, they do not necessarily sit with an SEO. And the mm. The best example is the technology. You can call it IT, you can call it engineering, whatever your company calls it. But these are the people who run your web servers. And they don't even talk to the SEO, in my experience. Mm. Their world revolves around efficiency, security, and they make decisions that could affect the website from an SEO perspective. And the SEO is often the last <clears throat> group of people to yeah. realize that. Um, you oh, may right. get 
marketing purchasing subdomains for a marketing campaign and they just go ahead and get some external agency to build a whole website. And you're just wondering how come SEO was not even asked the question about yeah. anything? Um, sure, we find that a lot is, is SEO is kind of brought on either at the last minute or as an afterthought or completely ignored. And marketing don't really seem to appreciate that SEO. I mean, for me, SEO is packaging what you're already doing in marketing for Google. And the website is the way for you to communicate with Google the content that you have. And the SEO kind of sits between that kind of website management, the marketing. And you're also saying the product. So as an SEO, I need to understand the product to be able to present it. So I'd seen a, an illustration in, a, I think it was a LinkedIn discussion, and someone had put up a diagram describing the steps in the <clears throat> online marketing process. And it starts with a block that says product marketing. Next block is sales enablement. Next is customer marketing. Mm. Then this amazing thing called nurture content. I've no idea what they meant there. Followed by thought leadership. And finally by SEO. Mm. And I, I objected to that, and that particular group didn't like my input. They didn't really comment on it at all. Mm. Um, but I sat there observing that discussion, and someone changed uh, the diagram to start with discovery, followed by technical requirements, then content requirements, then review wireframes, review content, review design, develop site, SEO, followed by launch. So I thought, okay, right. at least the SEO came in before the launch, but maybe <laughs> five minutes before they pushed the button. So that's not good. No, and, I mean, and that approach is thinking if I change the meta title, meta description, everything's going to be fine. Add a couple of alt tags. And I think the idea of SEO needs to be baked in from the beginning is super important, which is why a chief web officer would theoretically be able to bring these people together and say, let's communicate from the, from the get-go. Yeah, and there are many other uh, people in a large company that affect SEO. It could be HR. And I talk about sure. um, selecting the right people for your SEO mm. team. You might get a HR person who's, um, I, I, I don't know how to describe them, but they've gone to certain courses and they've decided that this is how you weed out people by asking such questions. Right. And you might lose a good person because they didn't really understand what you meant or their answer didn't hit the right note and you've eliminated the best person. Talking of hitting the right note, we had Joseph S. Khan uh, this week talking about uh, Harmony in the Serps and he had a, poli a, a, a basically a policy that appeared to be if you're a musician, you get a job. And he, he said they ended up with like 90 musicians out of the, the 150 people working for him. Um, right. And he, he was talking about the idea that there is this kind of uh, tendency for musicians to become SEOs or SEOs to have come from a musical background. And I think HR would tend to say, well, you know, that musical background is potentially negative. From an SEO perspective, that's, that's what they would be kind of thinking. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, you can have legal getting in the way. 
um, right. not in the recruitment process, but um, I've been in a company where we wanted to use the adjective cheap because cheap something mm -hmm. is often a way to attract eyeballs or clicks. Yeah. And they said, no, we cannot use the word cheap because not only does it lessen the brand, but we have to justify how is it cheap? It's cheaper than something else. How can we right. prove that? And what happens in such companies is that the SEO team just stops talking to uh, uh, or stops t coming up with good ideas because they know that most good ideas will get shot down. Hmm. But if you had someone in the C-suite um, who can directly address um, the, their counterparts in legal or in HR or in IT, whatever it is, and what they're saying is, look, I'm responsible for online success, which means online revenue. Mm -hmm. A lot of the other people are not incentivized on sales. The legal person's job is to make sure that the company doesn't get sued by anyone. Yeah. Or the HR person has similar goals, nothing to do with how, how much sales are we making from the website. Mm -hmm. And even the IT people are selecting a certain bit of kit, which is efficient and smarter and better and whatever. But no one's going to point a finger to them if the website takes a dip, largely because it'll take them a few weeks to even realize what's caused the problem, mm -hmm. by which time the IT department's moved on and... Um, they're not going to say, okay, sorry, we'll reverse all of that. Um, sure. So, uh, yeah. From, from that perspective, the, the idea of a chief web officer, I think kind of a company would be foolish not to think it's a good idea. Why do you think after 25 years of the web becoming this kind of major platform for all companies, why do you think after 25 years they still haven't got to that point where they say, we're actually going to put this in place? I think they're scared of a Pandora's box. That's my conclusion. I was just oh, telling I someone today or yesterday that I have approached 30 to 50 of my colleagues and former uh, classmates who have become CEOs. Some have become CEOs of NASDAQ-listed companies. Mm. Um, when you say to them, I've got an idea about increasing your online revenue. They say, yeah, tell me, uh, I'm all ears. But when you mention the word SEO, they lose interest instantly. Mm -hmm. You can tell them that their pages are broken. Uh, I mentioned it to someone in a travel um, context, travel company, and they um, started telling me all their COVID problems and how they didn't have enough staff. And I left it at that, but I just wondered, one part of the website, I won't be too specific, but an entire part of the website <coughs> fails, as in you get nothing, you get a 404 error. Right. So a customer who wants that service 
Uh, I mean, they're not interested in your COVID staffing problems. Uh, they hmm. they clicked a link on your website, thinking that they'd get something, but you're not interested in knowing uh, what the issue is and solving that issue. So I feel that it's a Pandora's box to them, right. and they are scared that if they open that box. Um, they'll be hit with a lot of technical information that they can't digest, <clears throat> and no. they've got no one high enough in the C-suite to even absorb it. I can think right. of several C-suites that don't have anyone with that SEO background. But, uh, I mean, you, you said the word technical, and I think kind of for me that's a huge um, misunderstanding on, by the, on the part of the, the C-level employees is SEO for me isn't technical. SEO is taking what's there, the product or the marketing, packaging it for Google. And a lot of that is simply great presentation, great usability. Um, and so it actually comes back to marketing products and allowing and helping your customers and your clients access the, the content that you have. Uh, so in, in there, the technicality of it, for me, it used to be 80-20 in favor of tech. Now it's 20-80 out of favor of tech, if we can say it that way. 80% marketing and product, 20% tech. So yeah. perhaps that Pandora's box isn't so scary. Yeah, so th <clears throat> there's some good um, ideas there for better selling it to the C-suite. Mm -hmm. And someone needs to be able to talk to them in the first place. Right. Well, don't ask me because I'm rubbish at that. But um, <laughs> but yes, definitely. I mean, I, I think it, presenting it that way is definitely more positive. But I think somebody like you would be would be potentially capable of, of explaining to them because you know how to talk to the sea level and I don't. Well, I started writing my book as a single manuscript. Oh, I saw that at the beginning. It says this book is for, and then it's got this flow diagram with the, the, the CEO at the top. Was that about it? Well, I love yeah, that this idea. Book, um, depends on which book you saw, but um, in the first book, I basically. I keep the C-suite out of the picture and I'm really telling oh. SEOs, show this book to your manager because your manager is an accidental manager and he may not know much about SEO. So cover that first step and then later on that manager can sell to the C-suite because they're not going to buy the book. So I had feedback from one of my CEO friends who said to me, if you put the word SEO on the cover, no C-suite person's going to pick up the book in a bookshop. Right. So I said, okay, so what should I put on that? So he said, put anything to do with making money, which is why <laughs> um, I haven't finalized book three, but the mock-up on it says untapped and how to use organic search for maximizing sales or word to, words to that effect. Right. I don't want to scare them until they've actually bought the book and then they open it and then they get, um, hopefully they'll read it at that point. But <clears throat> that's the concern that uh, the C-suite, uh, by the time they reach that position, they feel that a lot of the detail can be left to lower level management. Mm. However, the lower level people, particularly the SEOs, feel frustrated that they can't contribute to the revenues as well as they could. 
because justifying even simple things like I've given up in some jobs in the past where I wanted something similar, sorry, something simple uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the purchase of sometimes a one-off purchase, sometimes an annual subscription costing $1,000 or $2,000 at the most. It would be knockback. Oh, we are using this other tool. Why do you want no. that? That, that that's a really interesting point. I, I have a client, and the the CEO keeps refusing these these tools that cost sixty dollars a month, hmm. and he's micromanaging that. But on the other side, paying vast amounts of money for other subscriptions that make that they're in marketing or product or whatever. Uh, it's a huge for me a huge mistake. Is the the least you should be doing is tracking your SEO. Yeah. <clears throat> And the chief web officer would solve that problem. And you're on a, a, a one-person mission to educate the CEOs of this world that they need a chief web officer, even if it's 25 years too late. Is that correct? Well, what's, that's correct. But what is um, also pertinent is that I'm towards the end of my working life. I, I'll be mm-hmm. 70 in a couple of weeks. Oh, crumbs. So I'm not doing Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. From every I'm not point doing of view. this to start a new career or to be rich and famous. Um, I'm doing this because someone needed to write these books. Brilliant. And if a few people can open the books and read them, they're going to improve their companies. And uh, maybe I'll go into semi-retirement uh, because I'm working full-time at the moment. But uh, when I go into semi-retirement, I might be able to talk to some of those companies uh, and uh, help them. Brilliant. I think that's an absolutely wonderful way to end it because that is delightful. You're writing the books, taking a semi-retirement, and you're going to change corporate structure despite its reticence and despite its fear of Pandora's box. So thank you so much, Ash. That was absolutely brilliant. Uh, introducing next week is Alexandra Tachelova. Links to the foundation of your site. She's absolutely delightful, super smart. Uh, we're going to be talking about links, and I'm excited to talk about that because it's something I don't talk about very often. Could you pass the baton, Ash? Uh, definitely. Uh, I'm connected with um, Alexandra, or Alex, as she calls herself on her website. Oh, yeah, she's got uh, the same I... problem as you then, with Alex yeah. and Alexandra. <laughs> Yeah, you'd better help her when you talk to her next uh, week. But she is a founder of this uh, company, uh, which is also an online marketing event called Digital Olympus. Mm -hmm. And she can be found at all the usual online and uh, in-person marketing events. So do look out for her next week. Over to you, Alexandra. Thank you so much, Ash. That was brilliant. Looking forward to next week. A quick goodbye to you. In the show. Thank you, Ash. Thank you. For Cali Cube. Me. It's all about your brand, Serp.